0: welcome to the audacious living podcast hosted by my man Audley stevenson the odd man he'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business media sports entertainment and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever so without further ado here is the odd man
1: Greetings and salutations, I'm Audley Stevenson, and this is the Audacious Living Podcast. You also know it by the most audacious podcast on the web. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here, uh, and thank you for taking the opportunity to, to check us out. Uh, you know what our goal is, because it, it hasn't changed, or it remains the same, and it's to help you live your best audacious life ever. Uh, As always, I encourage you to stay connected to us through our social media channels. Uh, We're on Twitter uh, and Instagram under the handle, The Audacious Pod. And then on Facebook, it's the full podcast name, The Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, And then, of course, you also can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and get notifications and alerts sent to you each and every time new content comes out. So please do connect, like, follow, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Uh, Let's keep uh, the good news rolling. Uh, The topic... Of today's conversation Is all about the power of intuition And our guest is Sunil Godsey And he'll join the podcast To help us uh, not only just broaden our understanding Of what intuition is uh, But also give us some insight As to why it's so important that we listen to it Now, our intuition is there with us Every step of the way and present each and, and present itself each and every single time, we're in a scenario where we have to make some kind of decision. Maybe it's life-altering, maybe it's small, big, whatever, but our intuition is always there. Now, we all have some level of intuitiveness inside of us, but, no, but we're not necessarily using it to its full potential. Uh, things like being a good judge of character or, or being able to read a room when you enter it, they're kind of all good indicators that you're in tune, uh, and, and you're on the right path. I think the challenge for most of us is that we're not always connected with our intuition because we're not necessarily paying attention to the signs and signals when they hit us. And I can assure you they are there. Uh, sometimes they're as quiet as a whisper, or in other cases, they're like a boulder smacking us on the side of the head. Uh, you're going to hear from Sunil, and, and, and you know, he, he says it himself, uh, and, and he'll explain that what you know, the, his work in this field, but he's done a ton of research, studying, uh, understanding, and really absorbing what intuition is Uh, he's interviewed over a thousand successful professionals and entrepreneurs to get their take on what the topic of intuition is and how it's played a key role in their lives Uh, he's written a book called gut uh, and he also speaks professionally uh, internationally plus he's got an intuition intuitionology podcast so he definitely knows a thing or two about this thing called intuition I tell you it's an absolutely wonderful conversation. We had a great time. But my intuition and my intuition tells me that you're absolutely gonna love it. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Sunil Godzi. Enjoy. Our intuition plays a key role in our daily decision making. And whether we realize it or not, that instinctive feeling is always there to guide and direct us. Sunil Godsi is an intuitive branding coach whose success is entirely built upon the foundation of intuition. Godsi helps individuals increase their understanding of intuition, recognize the reasons why we ignore the signals and not follow them, and the steps needed to make better decisions. Sunil is up next on the Audacious Living Podcast. Um, so f- f- first off, Sneel I really appreciate you taking the time of uh, being on the podcast today. I've been really looking forward to talking to you about intuition, you know, what it means for our lives. Thank you for being here.
0: Absolutely. No problem. I'm, I'm really happy to educate your listeners on uh, what trusting intuition really is uh, and giving them some steps that they can do, what they can do today to start that process.
1: Got you. I wonder—is just to set up the table here. If, if we can sort of give a definition of, of what intuition is, uh, I know I know the term. You know, trusting your gut kind of falls yeah. into that. If you can sort of let's start there, and we can frame
0: things nicely. Yeah. So, so, and and so this, it's a bit of a, an odd question uh, in that, and I'll tell you why it's odd. Um, this was one of the first things that I started to do when I realized about intuition and why I couldn't find a common definition. Of course, there's the online dictionary uh, versions. And I went through three or four online dictionaries that didn't resonate with me. Um, when I started looking at the research, it was about manifestation, voices from God, um, living right. in the present moment. Right. All of those type of things that really didn't um, resonate with me. Uh, and so the way that I looked at it, and this will be a little bit more important when we look at this the research, um, I saw it as an art and a science, a blend of art and science. So the art part are, were these what I call, quote unquote, some things or signals as I now know about. Uh, and these signals were the ones that kind of guided me in, to make the right decision versus the wrong one. And we'll get into the nature of the signals, oh. and then the science part. We'll also dive in uh, because I'm, I, you know, it's kind of back to my engineering days, and and I really like like kind of if you look back at even things like steel, steel has uh, matter-like properties and has like wave-like properties, and so I I really saw intuition from that lens. Um, and so the reason why there's no set definition is because science has shown that it, it hits the amygdala. The amygdala is the primitive part of our brain. Okay, there's no language around it. And so what happens is we put our own language around it. And so that's why a lot of the things that I looked at from other people's lenses didn't resonate with me because it wasn't my language in understanding what intuition is. And so when I look at and and this is one of the questions I asked my interviewees, and I've had over a thousand now for my podcast series. And one of my first questions is, How do you define intuition? and it almost always comes down to a feeling. So now I've got over a thousand people kind of confirming the same thing and it's basically, I mean, the research is showing the same thing as well. So it's a great question and it's a little bit more of a complex question because that's the same thing I tried thinking about when I started my journey in really understanding what is this thing called intuition?
1: Gotcha. No, well, and it's, when when you start talking about this feeling thing, it gets, it's now very abstract, right? Cause it's, yeah. it's different for everyone. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, I think everyone will kind of go back to that feeling word because that's the best way they can, articulate that but that yes. I think that's what makes it really interesting right because what we're all talking about the same thing but we can't define
0: it right yep yep <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, and, and you're right and because it's such an individual thing um, and th- so there's the good thing is it's an individual the the thing that I would be cautious about is that we all gravitate to common language around it like this gut feeling or uh, this voice uh, and so that's great to have these common, what I call signals. But the the thing with signals is they're actually a little bit more complex than we think. Um, and they all start start and stop at different th- uh, areas. So, for example, negative signals, uh, are they actually start very subtle in nature and they get louder. Okay. So let's say you and I agree on a common voice, for example. Okay. That voice for you could be signal number one, which is great because the intuition is sending you a signal and then you're just going to start. Acting on that decision, it says for me that could mean that's signal number three. And if it's signal number three, that means that I've ignored two decisions right. because I've ignored two signals. Right. So that could be the difference between either stubbing my toe somewhere or I'm headed towards bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Because I don't know how big the decisions are that I missed.
1: And and and, and missing, I think I, 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 I like the usage of that word we miss because it, it was there. We just either we're paying attention, we're distracted, didn't recognize it, whatever it could be any of those things, but yep. uh, really what you're saying is they always were there the whole time.
0: They're always there. They're always there. And it's uh, and so any situation you find yourself in, any decision you make, your neurons are going to hit that amygdala and it's 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 and it's fight or flight, right? And so obviously it's going to be either a, a saber-toothed tiger coming to eat you or it's going to be singularly focused like think trust do move right. and again now i'm putting language around things that are just to illustrate sort of the just just how right primitive it really is in some sense and how it's just the first thing that has to happen before you make you do anything in terms of thoughts behaviors or actions your intuition is the precursor to all of that
1: got you got you now, now so we're talking about signals I, 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 or there's four different types of signals or there
0: are various? Yeah. So we, so we get into, so there's four types of intuition. We can get into that, but typically with the signals, there's going to be a basket of positive signals and a basket of negative signals. And the positive signals are the ones that are typically like, um, for example, the dots connecting, uh, for, for me, that's what it is, or it feels like a flow. Um, and so when those signals come up, then it means that I should be making that decision or taking that action. Right. A couple of the the ones that are really kind of out there that I've uh, had from those I've interviewed in my podcast series, um, Danielle Doucette's, um, she's a singer-songwriter. She sees an orb. There's an actual ball that comes up that she notices. Um, and another CEO, he runs a, uh, a multinational uh, uh, clothing company uh, for men's suits. He sees an omen. And so he can't describe it. There's no shape. But whatever he's doing, if he's hiring someone or is in a business deal and this omen pops up, it's like, yes, what you're doing is mm. correct. And so he'll just stop whatever he's doing and say yes to whatever he's thinking or whatever he's working on. Um, now, if we get into the negative signals, the one thing about negative signals is that they actually all of them start really subtle in nature. Yes. And then they get louder and louder, particularly the negative ones, until they start tapping on the shoulder and say, OK, listen, I'm trying to tell you something here. And so some people, so for example, some people talk about that anxiousness or that gut feeling uh, hairs in the back of uh, your neck standing up. Uh, and one of the, the more weird ones is I, I was interviewing an entrepreneur and he didn't even know what his signals were. But yet when we started to talk about the failures that he got into because of the ventures he went in, uh, got into for the wrong reasons, his left earlobe kept getting hot and he kept grabbing his left earlobe. And then he just said, Sunil, I just realized that one of my intuitive signals uh, and one of the louder ones was this left earlobe getting hot. And now he now remembers looking back when he got into these ventures, he kept grabbing his ear. And when he was talking to his wife about these ventures, he kept grabbing his ear. So that's how specific it can get. Uh, and if you think about it, your experiences are going to be different than mine. We're all born with intuition. Right. Yeah, and as we age, we go through all these unique experiences. So this is where it's really important that we find out what our inventory of positive signals are and what our inventory of negative signals are. And it's, also, it's okay to have common ones, but we don't know, again, it, which number it is and what type of environment that we're making the decision in. So again, I can come back to, let's say, um, the dots connecting. And let's say you and I share that one as well. Uh-huh. So for you, that can be a professional uh, situation where maybe it's a job offer that's right for you. For me, it's a, a particular friend that I'm looking to come in a personal situation. Um, and, um, and and so therefore, that means that positive signal means that that friend is someone I can bring closer. So again, this is where that specificity comes in. Um, and what where we've come with intuition is this just this general language about gut-feeling or the voice and we kind of run with it, right. which is excellent because everybody's coming through this common knowledge or this common language. But again, because there's no language about it, this just seems to yeah. be something that everybody gravitates to. It's absolutely abstract, right? Uh, but the issue with that being abstract is now we have some tangible benefits to people who ignore intuition. Like, uh, you know, um, some of them are getting into bankruptcy, losing $80,000, right. um, you know, losing their job, uh, you know, and going homeless or becoming bankrupt. And now we have some sort of tangible situations that people go through all related to missing the signals that they had at the very start. And so, and then that's when it's too late. Right,
1: so, so I'll tell you what I find really interesting about this piece because in the, in, the, in the world of business, as an example, and you gave some really good examples, yep. you know, in the business world, you know, decisions are oftentimes made on hard facts, hard numbers, you know, this is what happened last quarter versus, yep. you know, all, all those sorts of things. But now we're, we're, you know, we're saying no. Listen to the abstract piece that we can't really listen <laughs> to that gut feeling. And yeah, it sort of flies in the face of like everything you know to make your decisions on, like your hard
0: facts. Well, and 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 these numbers are great, but they're also what I call laggard indicators. So when you're looking at, let's say, uh, you know, your quarterlies or your PNL statement uh-huh. uh, or your balance sheet, these are reflections of what has happened. Okay. Uh, and what has happened is the processes that you put in place. But even before that, it even comes down to how did you treat your employees right and there's that Mm -hmm. intuitive relationship so if you don't treat your employees properly then they're going to seem like you don't really care they're going to not be productive and they're not going to be productive your revenue is going to suffer if your revenue suffer that hits their pnl and a very interesting case and this is now where i get into complexity and i'll talk about the four types of intuition this is a non-believer so this is one of my first interviewees was an investment banker data-driven heavy uh, and um, this guy, 30 years in the business uh, of, an imbe- of invest- investment banking. And so I asked uh, John, I said, John, I'm talking about intuition. Would you give me an interview? And he goes, Neil, look, I-, I don't think intuition exists, but I'll give you an hour okay. and we'll talk about intuition for five minutes and then, you know, we'll catch up. I haven't seen you in a while. So we'll have a latte for the last 55 minutes. Sure. So, I go down and I'm just thinking on the way down, okay, how am I? I mean, this better be a good trip, a fruitful trip. So I turn on the cameras. And it's very clear that he's saying, and I'm telling him about this the CEO that sees omens, and he says, you know yep. what? I really, I, would like to shake the hand of the, the the person who sees omens. Um, you know, it, it, intuition just it just doesn't affect anything in in business decisions. It just doesn't happen. Right. And he's shaking his head, and he's very skeptical, and he's being very nice to me. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm t- and then he says, you know, business is all about like you say, there's data, learning, sure. yep. and experience. And I said, "Oh, but John, one of the four types, and his name is John Rothschild. John, John one of the four types of intuition is actually called experiential intuition. Right. And experiential intuition looks at like you're you're born with intuition, and there's right. been studies that have shown that infants as young as two months old have shown to have intuitive tendencies. So as, as they called it in the paper, intuitive physics. Right. Um, and uh, so as you age, all these experiences start get get accumulated, and but Get put in the subconscious area of your brain like a library That's right. um and so there's this library of of experiences both good and bad um both formal and informal like street knowledge uh of yours and others that you know of that you notice so it's gathering billions and billions of pieces of data points yep. so when you're going to make a decision All that data that's related, all the experience related to that decision is already plucked from the subconscious and in a split second handed to you on a silver platter saying, you've already done this, you've already been there. So therefore I'm gonna give you a positive signal to move you forward. And in some cases, your intuition will tell you to go against the data. And then John perks up and he says, well, that's funny. I I have a situation just like that. And I said, okay, John, tell me what happened. So this is a guy um, who opened up franchise locations. Okay. And so on a franchise location, they use a benchmarking system. Nine out of 10 okay. means that they open one up. So just like for, uh, Wendy's or, yeah, or you know sure, Tim Hortons sure. or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so this is this now we're getting into the second of the four uh, in, intuitive types called situational intuition. Uh-huh. He And his partner walk into this area that were think- they were thinking about putting in a franchise. His team was looking at it and the franchise was clearly a five and a half out of 10. But is, is, he's just looking around and says, there's something that's telling me that we've got to put something here. It was a dilapidated part of Toronto. There was nothing really that made it, obviously, you know, when they looked at traffic patterns and everything, nothing sure. pointed to something that they put, should put. And he says, right. I think we should put one there. And they did. And that ended up being the most profitable restaurant portfolio wow. in that whole uh, the whole uh, portfolios they had called the beer market. So now John's warming up to the fact and he's now saying, perhaps it was intuition. And now he's kind of convincing himself. And so he's, he's talking about story after story, about hiring, about teamwork. Uh, and now he's f- seeing the realization of how intuition plays a real role because he's telling me his stories and he's seeing how intuition played out. And you can almost see him convince himself.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: at the very the very end, after one hour, the last, um, the last question I asked him was, John, have you done something so crazy that people thought you were nuts? And this is called creative intuition. Mm. And he says, Oh, Sunil, I have a story for you. And I said, well, tell me that. So this is a guy probably making three to $4 million a year. um, High-end restaurants, limousines, private jets. His intuition now he was saying was telling him to uh, leave that uh, corporate job and go run a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. And he goes to his wife and he says, this just feels right. Mm -hmm. There's the signal that he is now quoting, I'm quoting exactly what he said. So now he recognizes the signal telling him that this is the way to go. The fourth of the four is called relational intuition. The relational intuition looks at the people that you need to listen to when you make that decision. Mm -hmm. Everybody concerned with money, ego, fame, all said, John, you're nuts. Because they never bothered to ask him what he really wanted. He really wanted to run this. He didn't want to be a coach on the sidelines. He actually wanted to run a business. Uh, And everybody was saying, you're nuts. But relational intuition saying, listen to the one person that really knows where you want to go, what your purpose is, and who really cares for you in moving your life forward. And there was only one person, that was his wife. his wife. And his wife said, yes, John, do it. And he did, he quit. He rolled up his sleeves, walked into that tiny bankrupt restaurant. That restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. Wow. And that ended up being over, over 20 years, he grew that into over a thousand locations, wow. over $2 billion in revenues before he retired, all because wow. of an intuitive moment, an, an intuitive decision that he's talks about. That's the power of intuition. That's how it does. And now I've taken a non-believer into a complete believer sure. Sure. showing all the four types of intuition and the signals from, because it was his depth. We were talking about definition earlier. Yep. It's his definition that he understood. He understood it, not from uh, spirituality and voices from God. Mm-hmm. He understood it from experience uh, and, and, and feeling right. And so that's exactly right. how he needed to think about it. So in that hour, when he's talking about his experiences, his intuition, his stories, I'm just shining a light saying, well, it's actually intuition is a common thing thread here. And right. after an hour, he gets it.
1: Well, well, yeah, I guess so. Did you get your latte, by the way? I mean, that's the other question i had to ask.
0: Yeah, no. I think we got some cheap coffee, so it wasn't really good. No. No, but but I that really cheap is... coffee kept me awake. That's like there this is so go. bad. I'm really attentive.
1: <laughs> no, I really is that that, that in itself is a powerful story because yeah. when you start to and, and and it certainly sounds like in your conversation with John is it starts, by, again, him being a non-believer, yeah. but almost talking himself into it as he started to recognize or realize that these signals were there, and that's kind of what leads me to my question around listening, because I wonder oftentimes as a function. Of not recognizing or just choosing not to hear
0: them. Yeah, and, right? and there's 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 a couple of the reasons why we ignore uh, our intuition. One is you're right, the signal. So what happens is we're just not because we gravitate to these these really common terms, we don't really take the time, nor we don't do we ever we don't even know that intuition is so complex. And it's like driving a car uh, is what I take a look at. When you drive a car, you, you know you turn the crank or or, or you press the button. And you hear the engine, which are the signals, but you don't often pop the hood up to really kind of look at how the cars just drive. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so that's okay, but you have to know a little bit more about the engine, right? Is it the engine sounding rough or is it smooth? And, so, and nobody's really looked at intuition as deep as I have mm. um, because I really needed to understand it for myself. And I, and I remember when it comes to these signals, uh, I distinctly remember when I was five years old. Um, there was these video games that my, uh, my, I want to buy. My dad said, sorry, they're too expensive. Okay. There's this voice that told me, Sunil, you need to go door to door to raise money. Okay. And so here's this five-year-old kid going door to door. I raised $200, lots of milk and cookies. Oh, wow. And $100 went to my dad and $100 went to charity because my school was doing that at the time. Um, and then when I reflected back to some others, these signals that, that uh, came up, I remember because I'm East Indian, Uh, there's basically four career doors that you have as an East Indian male. Uh, It's going to be doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. So I, luckily I picked door number three. My dad was an engineer and I hated it. And so I spent three years in an engineering career. I didn't like Um, two years into that three year stint. There was a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant that was coming up was a big chain. And I was asked to be a private investor uh, with that. And so I decided, I said, yes, um, and pretty soon, I was making five times more in dividends with that restaurant than I was as an engineer full-time. So in my third year, I said, sorry, I got to go. But I remember that something was telling me this is the right opportunity. I then got into a management consulting contract, um, except from entrepreneurship. I, I had four or five, six, six businesses, $20 million in revenues. Then I started consulting for other businesses um, and there was this one contract in Silicon Valley, huge. The numbers were amazing, big IT company. Uh, and I couldn't believe it, but the contract terms kept changing. And again, there's this signal that was telling me mm-hmm. back off yet. I was so emotionally tied to that contract right. that I said, no, no, I gotta go. And I spent every single penny going down there and the company didn't pay me. And I came back up to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. Um, and the last one, which was the most devastating for me, was I, I was uh, doing some coaching while in engineering. Okay. And one of my friends was trying to reach out to me because she was being stalked by some, some guy and she really needs some advice. And so, uh, you know, I, the, my, there's, again, there's something the signals was, was telling me, you've got to meet with her that afternoon. But for some reason, I didn't, have, I wasn't busy. I said, let's meet a couple of days later. And the very next day, that same guy walked up to her in a bus shelter and pulled a bullet through her forehead and killed her. And so this was the catalyst for me to really understand why was it that I ignored these signals? What was this thing called intuition? And that led to, again, the definition that we talked about earlier. That led to really opening up, you know, put, putting, opening the hood and finding, okay, how does this thing work? What does this car, how does this car tick when it comes to intuition? Gotcha. Um, and, so the, and so, one of the reasons is when we don't pay attention to these signals and we don't spend the time to think about in the past, like this is where your listeners can start today. If they look back, what worked in terms of decisions, what didn't work? and what did it feel like? And then write them down and then keep thinking about those incidences. So, okay, so I've got one signal, but was there a decision before that, that I ignored? And you keep going until you get back to that first decision. And now what you have is you've got a basket of positive signals and you have a basket of negative signals. And so now you know that the next decision that you make is gonna be the right one because you've got the positive negative signals coming in. So that's one reason why people ignore their intuition the other reason is that people, again, have this sense that they're talking about intuition. Right. They think that they're living their life uh, positive on uh, with positivity okay. and mindset and all that, but they're not living it. And so a, a friend of mine, uh, Hal Eisenberg, was someone I met. and he was in the mindset space. Okay. I was in the intuition space. So naturally, our paths crossed, and we okay. really we talked a lot about the stuff, uh, but he didn't really understand the extent or the depth of how complex intuition was until he saw me speaking in Toronto. And he just said, wow, there's these signals. I didn't know that these four types of intuition. Hmm, that's really interesting. Um, and so that's when he, uh, he just said, you know, you would continue talking. And then all of a sudden, one of these intuitive signals popped up, he developed a cough. And his intuition now that he recalls was saying, go to the hospital. And he ignored that. And he ignored it again, uh, until he actually ended up going to the hospital and ended up contracting the COVID-19 wow. virus. He ended up fighting for his life. Uh, he had a, uh, a life or death moment. He, actually, he himself actually wanted to die. Um, it was, that's how bad it got in just for fighting for one breath. And then he realized, he said, my intuition came to me and said, your voice needs to be heard. You are not done yet. It was just clear, at crystal clear. As to what he needed to do once he left that hospital, he obviously lived. Um, five days later, I was one of the first ones he told at, in depth about what had happened. He was my very first podcast guest for my Intuitionology podcast series, yep. and he now recognizes. He said, "You know, I was talking about mindset and all that stuff, but I wasn't. I wasn't living that. You know, I'd say I'd make some decisions. Meh, you know, it's this, it's that. Intuition is this, it's that. He never fully embraced what it really meant to live in the moment." And the last reason why you, you ignore your intuition is that generally there's some kind of trauma in your past okay. or you've gone through some really devastating situations. And what happens is when you start to lose your purpose, you start to forsake your values, your values become weaker. And when that happens, there's four intuitive hurdles that really squash your signals. Okay. And, um, and so if when you don't trust yourself, there's two hurdles that really impact you. One is you become too emotional. Right. because you hijack the amygdala. Um, and then there's there's the other one is fear. Mm-hmm. You're too fearful of making a decision. So it's a fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of failure. And even though your intuition is telling you to go in a certain direction, right. you don't because you, you just don't trust yourself. And then when you don't trust yourself, sometimes you trust other people, you put your values in other people's hands. And that's where the other two hurdles come. One is being too rational. Too rational is when you're following societal's rules, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, but your intuition says- Like is logic, saying,
1: you mean? Kind of, yeah.
0: So let's say, for example, I'm an East Indian male. So logically, I should be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Gotcha. Even though my intuition is saying something different, or uh, or or the the other the fourth one is called ego, and there's two sides to ego. Ego is is of course your narcissistic self, sure. but the other ego is following the herd. So uh, you know you 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 uh, have friends in your life just because maybe there's something you like you like their brand, they're associated with something somebody famous, uh, or there's an intention that is going really against your values, but you're still you're sticking with these people even though you know. They're caustic for you, or they don't really move your life forward, but you're too afraid to let them go. Uh, but your intuition is signaling that you shouldn't. And so of those four, the biggest one is fear. Um, and and again, we're talking about the amygdala. This is, it's, it's not the fear of the saber-toothed tiger. It's the fear that your intuition is saying this, you've got a positive signal saying you need to go that way, but you don't trust yourself. And uh, the best analogy I have is, is a fellow, David Dame, who is, uh, he has cerebral palsy. Okay. Um, and he was in his wheel, wheelchair all his life. And he got an opportunity to go on vacation and live a dream, which was just have the sand caress his toes in the ocean water. So his, his friends wheeled him up to the edge of the, the sand and the water barrier there. He yep. steps in the, in the, uh, in the water mm-hmm. and he falls flat on his face. And he says, Sunil, I have two things I can do at this point. I can succumb to the fear and sit back in the wheelchair and forever regret that I've never been able to live the dream that I can actually live right now. Or I can trust my intuition to take the one step. Even though I fear fear, my intuition saying do it, take one step into the water, then another step, and then another step. And then he points to his neck and he says, the water gets to about here. And then he looks back. And when he looks back, he hasn't realized how far he had come. And that's how you live life on intuition. That's how you live life in the present moment. That's how you live life listening to your signals. It doesn't matter about the water. It doesn't matter about what other people are saying. This is your path, your decisions, your success. Who cares? What about about, about anybody else? And something I commonly say is "This is my this is my train. I'm on this track and this is the speed that it's going. If you don't like it, get off at the next station. And if you continue to bother me, I'm going to kick you out myself. Uh, And and that's the way that you should be living life, you know, uh, garnering success from an intrinsic perspective. Don't hang your head on on square footage and Ferraris and gold. Uh, The success will come as long as the intention behind that is measured by and you know, you know, if you're going to be buying something, you get a big house because you really, it's a symbol of success, or you just want other people to look at you. Right. Uh, and, and everyone, although they may say something, internally, your intuition knows what exactly your intuition is. And a lot of times we don't wanna have that discussion, right, mm-hmm. because we're, we, we like that ego. It gives us that dopamine hit. Yes. Feels good, right. not to your intuition. Right. And, right. and then now you're starting to ignore it. You,
1: you know, the one thing as, you, as you're talking, sort of, you know, again, on our intuition, yeah, you know, I, I almost, you know, you got that, so that you have to, the, the, top the angel on either side of your shoulder, sort of thing, right? Yeah. I, your intuition always wants the best for you. But there's yes. sometimes it's sort of, you, you could get steered in the, you know, maybe not you know, in a situation where it's not so good. Is that is that common? Yeah. That-
0: yeah. So, so when when, when people come to me, and, and I've got several people who've talked about intuition leading them down the wrong path and the way that they, they, they um, they, they, they characterize it is that sometimes intuition needs to teach you a lesson. So for my premise is intuition is never wrong. It's never going to steer you in the wrong direction. And so when I look at the the story that they're laying out uh, as to what had happened, because I get them to go into as much detail as they can about the story. um, More often, every single time, it's one of those four hurdles that I discussed that impacts them because their values are low. They've lost their purpose or they're in a really bad time in their life. They're not paying attention to their intuition. Great example of this is I had Mark Metry. He has the uh, top 100 humans O oh podcast series. Um, he was on my uh, my one of my earlier interviewees and he got into social anxiety in high school. He almost took his life because he felt that he needed to lie again and again and again. Right. So he was saying, yeah, so intuition sometimes leads you down the wrong path because it got me to X, Y, Z. Uh, and so I said, okay, hold on, Mark, it, when I was listening to your story, but if you take the story that you were telling me just now, and we rewind the podcast interview, which I've done a couple of times, when you started telling me that story, uh, first of all, he didn't have a self identity. Uh, he felt that he needed to lie to become part of a group. So he didn't have any self worth. Right. When he had no self worth, those hurdles came, especially ego. Came and really bombarded him, and it silenced his intuitive signals. Then, when he starts to tell the story, he says, "I knew I shouldn't have lied, but dot dot dot." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Mark, the moment you said I shouldn't have lied, but, that's exactly where your intuition was. You chose to ignore the signals. You chose to lie again and again and again, and you chose to you almost chose to take your own life." Uh, And obviously, thankfully, uh, you know, intuition helped him out of that. And obviously he lived and uh, he's doing wonderful things with this podcast series.
1: Amazing. Amazing. You know, it's, 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 one of the reasons why I was so looking forward to have you talk about this uh, on this podcast, uh, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about being bold and audacious and going out and taking bold risks. And, and oftentimes it's that, intu- uh, that intuit- the intuitive part of our brain that's saying to us, here's what we've got to do. I mean, I vividly remember the, the sort of conversation I was having in my head when I was talking about starting a podcast. Well, why do you want to do that? There's lots of them out there already. There's more, you know, more noise in the space but clearly it's something that I had to do. And, uh, and, and I follow that to intuition and that voice. Yes. So so that very much is very much in line with what we're talking about here. Because yes. I feel that once we listen to you and you get your thoughts on this, but when we listen to our, intu- to our intuition, we're actually giving ourselves to move that, that space of greatness where we're, we're destined to be.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's a self-selection process for other people around you. You know, that's how you filter your relationships. So those who, who you really surround yourself with right. uh, are really in tune with you. I talked about the, the analogy with, the, with uh, my train. Uh, and, and so that what happens is when you have that purpose, you know where you're going. Uh, just like John, John Rothschild, the only person out of thousands of people he knew was his wife that said, yeah open up that bankrupt, tiny little restaurant. Everybody else was so concerned with how it looked or giving up the Mercedes or whatever it was. Right. Uh, and and so when you self-select these people out of your life, it's hard. It it it, it appears to be hard is what I'm going to say. Right. Uh, the reason why I say that is because it's not hard. When you when you get good at listening to your intuitive signals, you, there's that self-confidence that comes in. It's like, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. So for me, it's not that hard right um, you know initially it is there because there's so there's the emotional ties and when you surround yourself with people who are there for you during the ups and the downs these aren't yes people these are people that are going to give you the constructive criticism right. but they really care about where you're going what your purpose is and they'll they'll be there uh, as a source of support and when you have that source of support it it's actually lifts you even better because it's it's a great foundation for you and those that aren't part of your inner circle or you don't allow them to, they're gonna self-select themselves out. Right. And I don't want caustic people around me and my my family. Right. And so if they don't want to be friends with me, good on you, good right. luck, uh, I wish you luck. And some people change, right? right? And it's an ebb and flow. So some people are great friends that we, I mean, about six years ago, we, we uh, let go of another family. I have no clue what happened. Um, but somehow their values had shifted and I saw some behaviors I really didn't like. Uh Um, And intuition already gives second chances. Uh, I was not about to give a third. And uh, there was a very, very important event in my in my life. And my wife even asked, she says, do you do you you want to invite them after I was pretty emphatic that I didn't want them again in our lives? And I said, absolutely not. Uh, You know, I've given them chances, second chances, I give them a third chance, even by calling them, let's get together. And and uh, something had changed in their lives. They've moved on. Um, And I really don't care to find out. Because it doesn't concern me. Uh, and I don't want that's not a dot that I need to uh, you know, to to put on top of the I or across the T. Sure. Something happened, excellent. I'm gonna move this way and I'm just gonna keep living life every single day, trusting my intuition. Good luck to you.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes makes total sense. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've really, really uh, enjoyed and appreciated the things you had to say and enjoyed this conversation. And one last thing I want to ask you before we go uh, is along the line. So, you know, some, so you know, got a listener that's taking us all in and, and is, is intrigued and all oh, this is great stuff. What, what is a starting point to getting better at listening to intuition or maybe sharpening your skills around that? What is a starting point for individuals?
0: Absolutely, and, and so I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. So the first thing is to really take stock of your signals. And so go back to those decisions that you've made in the past, good and bad, and really take an inventory of, of what, what those signals are. And so I have this, it's a free seven day challenge you can get from my website. And what that seven day challenge basically does is that you come up with a problem that you wanna solve. It can be anything. Okay. And the first thing that you do when you solve that problem, one of the first things you do is to take a look at what didn't work. And so, when and this is a very, it's a very specific process. So what if you knew what didn't work, then you've got negative signals associated with it. Then you take the time to figure out, okay, what's going to work. And then when you look at what's going to work, now you're getting your positive intuitive signals. What's important about that process is if you put in a, what a uh, let's say something that you think might work to solve your problem, And now you've done your homework for a negative signal. Once that negative signal comes up saying, uh, 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 that's not one that you got to put on that list. That's when you discard it. And so that way you've got a really good list of things that you're gonna plan to do, and then you take action. And one of the things I do in that seven day challenge is I measure your strength, intuitive strength on a percentage basis before and after. And I'd have over 54,000 people now through it. 100% of the time, the intuitive strength has increased. Um, and so that's the uh, that's the best uh, starting place. And now you have a template of moving your life ahead with the sheet that you can download and reuse for every kind of decision that you make, any kind of problem you want to solve, without even have to, having to deal with me at all. Uh, and so that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But but again, if you want to take that further, then there's I've got accelerated programs, and there there's some one-on-one stuff that we can do. It all depends on the severity of. Uh, what people are trying to get out or if there's some real some real trauma in their lives and I'll work with them one-on-one to get rid of that yeah. um, so that they don't get stuck in the past because when they when they have trauma in the back they're stuck emotionally stuck there and they're they're not giving their intuition that chance to release that
1: and and and, and the trauma is, is is a good point because that that for a lot of people and you know and, and you know perhaps there's emotion attached to this trauma yeah. and emotion sometimes can throw our uh, intuition off as well because you're so caught up in that emotion piece you don't even hear their voice or see the signs or recognize the signals, so that's a big one
0: as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and intuition is a, is a balance of head and heart, right? A balance of emotions and rationality. And so you've got that the lead up with your with the logic part, with all the experiential intuition that you have. Yep. Uh, that emotion is the one. If you if it's too if you're too emotional, you're minimizing the logic, and now you're really running something on uh, on on emotions. And now you're guessing, right? You're kind of rolling a dice that okay, maybe this is the right direction, right. and and you know praying that it's going to work. Um, but if the logic is saying or somebody else is saying you shouldn't and you trust that person now you're going to go against your intuition and now you're starting to make one decision and that could morph into second one and and now you're you're down a a path you don't want to go down Mm
1: -hmm. real good point real good point so this has been great where where, where can our our listeners uh catch up with you uh, uh and get more insights and uh, learn to beef up or bone up their intuition
0: absolutely so intuition.com and there's a seven-day challenge linked to the seven-day challenge there uh, i would suggest you start there i'm all all the social uh, channels uh tiktok i'm gonna try tiktok i'm not gonna dance because everybody's intuition is gonna say i'm gonna unfollow this guy so quickly but i'm on linkedin <laughs> facebook twitter instagram yeah. um and uh they can dm me on any of those uh, shoot me an email at sunil and uh, happy to answer any questions
1: Awesome, Sunil, I really appreciate this, man. Thank you for being
0: here. Back we are
1: here on the podcast, and big, big thanks to Sunil uh, for the insights on intuition and explaining why it's so important to our our day-to-day lives. You know that intuitive guidance system that we all have inside; it's built into us, and it comes from that unconscious place of knowing. And the tough thing for many to accept is that there's no real concrete data to support the way you feel because it's just that it's the way you feel. And that's why it's so easy, easy to ignore at times, but there's, if if there's any one thing that you remember after you walk away, after hearing my words, it's this, there's nothing wrong with not knowing why you feel the way you do in the moment, embrace that feeling in your gut. Trust your inner voice and make the decisions with a boldness and audaciousness that only you can. Okay, maybe that was more than just one thing, but you get the point. (laughs) Um, Hey, listen, if you haven't uh, registered for email notifications of the podcast, uh, you certainly can do so by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. You can enter your email address and every single time uh, there's there's a new content that becomes available, uh, you will be alerted uh, in your inbox via an email. Uh, Thanks, as always, to our listeners uh, for spending some time on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's so much appreciated. Love your support. And again, I can't say enough uh, uh, how much uh, you are a big part of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And hey, let's throw one more thank you in there. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious.
0: You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.